Hello, thanks for joining me. This is the Sutter Faction Podcast. I'm Evan Sutter. I'm an author, speaker, and the founder of Hapsley. My goal here is certainly not to create a lecture, but merely to share some ideas that may provoke thought and discussion. So let's dive right into it. This talk is called The Traveller, The Sandcastle, and The Influencer. How the great explorers conquer themselves first. Epictetus believed our greatest sufferings are born out of a failure to distinguish what is in our control and what is not. We confuse our internal world of our mind, over which we have control, with the external world, which we can only influence but not control. And a lot of our suffering, especially now, is rising to the top as we navigate a world where we feel we have less influence than ever before. Amplified for many, by failing to create the conditions and learn the appropriate tools to better control our internal worlds, which means we have even less influence on our external ones. Do we, do you, put too much focus on your external world? One that we know is unpredictable and somewhat chaotic by nature. In Steven Pinker's book, Enlightenment Now, he writes about entropy and how there are so many more ways of being disorderly than of being orderly. His example, the sandcastle. If you walk away from a sandcastle, it won't be there tomorrow. Because as the wind, waves, seagulls and small kids push the grains of sand around, they are more likely to arrange them into one of the vast number of configurations that don't look like a castle than into the tiny few that do. Essentially he is saying there are more things that can go wrong than go right. That things are disorderly by nature. So should we put more or all our energy, time and focus on our internal world, on our invisible worlds? It is these ideas, this internal, external, invisible, visible worlds that have really been jumping out at me these last few weeks. And while we continue to navigate an uncertain and unpredictable world, you know, not that it has ever been certain or predictable before, there have been a lot of things popping up for a lot of people. And, you know, we shouldn't diminish the feelings people are having right now because if you are feeling something, you are feeling it, whether you think it's petty or not or pretty or not. And as I touched on in my last episode, The Grasper and the Runner, whatever it is, the trick is not to run away from it. And alongside these feelings of boredom, loneliness and worry so prevalent during COVID and things I touched on last episode too, I've been hearing a lot of restlessness and a big desire for travel and exploration. Some think the unpredictability of our current world is making somewhat impossible. Or is it? Or is it? Because maybe now is the best time to go travel. Maybe that sounds a little bit strange, but maybe now is the best time while the borders are closed. A time for a new kind of exploration, one that fosters our invisible worlds and harnesses more control over our internal ones, so we can better influence our external worlds. So we go traveling now to learn the tools to create stronger foundations to play in the uncertain future, because it would always be uncertain. Your invisible worlds, on the other hand, a little less. So why don't we start there? I've been pretty fortunate to travel, and the value it has added to my life has certainly been a huge shaper of it. Ever since as a 14-year-old boy I travelled through India, I felt a deep calling to the unknown. 
12 months in an old 1983 Bedford camper van surfing down the coast of Europe and into Morocco and back through the middle to London followed. Three months solo in Southeast Asia, three months solo in Central and South America, a month in North America and then four years in New York City and San Francisco. All powerful adventures. But it was my experience living in, a, in an old rundown hut in the forest of a monastery in Europe that taught me the most about travel, about exploration, about myself. And I think that's what good travel should always do. Marcel Proust said the true voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. And we can have those new eyes now. And those eyes are, are our invisible internal world and they shape our response to the unpredictable, chaotic and sometimes cruel external world. We need to examine and explore everything outside and inside of us with an emphasis on the inside. This is where we tend to get it so wrong. I know I did. We have made exploration and travel purely an external thing, but the greatest explorers conquered themselves first. This is why it is critical in many ways that exploration is a solo adventure to start. And it has to be. Only you can see out of your eyes. You can pick up your passengers along the way, but you have to be the captain. Everything starts and ends with you. We need to be curious, and we are by nature, but somewhere along the way we lost this natural curiosity for new things and replaced it with accepting what was laid out in front of us. We need to be creative and playful. We need to be like Lou and turn closed tennis courts and roadblocks into ten she and fun. And why wouldn't we? It is good for our health and for our lives. Exploration denotes going somewhere, but sometimes the best exploration happens when we aren't moving at all. I used to think of exploring in an, in an external sense and think that travel is all the exploration we need. Travel is great, but in this day and age, even this beautiful tool of self-discovery and emancipation is becoming more superficial and limiting in what it can do for us. Wi-Fi has connected isolated and somewhat scary places, from the back streets in El Salvador to Rio, to home in an instant. What was once super challenging, you know, navigating your way through an old city, lost, scared, hungry, not being able to speak the language, and having to work up the courage to communicate with a local. You know, arms swaying, eyes locked, nervous smiles, turning slowly into a deep connection and compassion, new invitations, new possibilities. Now we don't even need to say hello because we looked that up. We don't need to move our arms and connect because we use Google Translate for that. Yes, they have their benefits in making the short term easier, but what about the long term? We know that these uncomfortable situations change us, mold us, open our lives up more. You know, I've had long lunches with families in their homes who didn't speak English in, in Colombia. A smile was enough to say hello and thank you. I lived in homes for weeks in Lisbon, borrow cars, eaten for free, which is great as a young poor backpacker. Wi-Fi would have made it more comfortable, but certainly not more enjoyable and more rewarding. Wi-Fi would have killed these experiences, and I think a true voyage means collecting cool experiences, many of which you can't buy or even plan. Nowadays, travelers sit on Tinder to meet people they can meet at home. Confidence, adventure, not today. This is why the hut in the forest was such a critical experience for me. 
because I couldn't so easily rush past these moments of discomfort with a beer, a pub, an app, or an old friend. I had to have more uncomfortable conversations, a lot of them with myself, and this allows us to go deeper, to become wiser, and wiser at least in getting to know ourselves, and I believe that is a cornerstone of a life lived well, and some of the most important pieces of advice from the great philosophers. Know thyself. Know thyself. But I don't think we can expect to have these kinds of experiences when we are on the road traveling if we can't have them while we are at home sitting. I was sitting on my favorite grass hill reading last week and bumped into a friend trying to do the same. And I say trying because he was restless and bored. Bored is what he told me. He had worked so hard to create the space for a day off each week but failed to develop the capacity to not be rushing off in search of entertainment. You know, travel shouldn't be a one-off that four-week vacation we take to finish off the busy year because if we cultivate the habits every day of living in a largely future-orientated state, wanting more, and fail to find peace in nothingness, the simplicities and the mundane, then we will struggle to find it anywhere else and everywhere else. It is these moments of quietness and nothingness that we learn to find real beauty and ourselves, and I think that's the most beautiful part. So we can enjoy our holidays and more importantly, every day in between. You know, every day of my life has inbuilt vacation time, even when things go wrong and even when things are busy and full. Not because I always fill it with wild adventures and fancy events, but because I've learned to find joy, peace and presence in the simple, in the ordinary. That's why I titled my last book, Solitude, How Doing Nothing Can Change the World. Not to be a blueprint for laziness, but more a call to arms to stop, slow down, so we can actually explore ourselves without the need for constant entertainment, drugs, parties, and sex. And you can still work hard, create cool things, be ambitious, but you just give yourselves a chance to find more space, time, ease, and relaxation. And this is obviously so important for our health and well-being, our relationships, and for actually achieving those positive outcomes you desire. We will struggle to find stillness if our lives the majority of the time are not still. It's a clash of two contrasting worlds and the louder, faster, more common one will prevail. But there is no reason why we can't create patches of stillness every day. And at least this way, as the external world continues in its unpredictable way, we are still enjoying our lives. And that is reason enough. You know, I did the whole constant entertainment, drugs, parties, and sex thing. I did that a lot, and it didn't work for me. All my joy would come from them. But that put my happiness and my well-being and my entire life in, in something external. And I think if we've learned anything from the world in 2020, maybe it is that we would be better off if we had enough internally, invisibly, without being too dependent on the external world, one that is ever-changing, inconstant, and fickle. For me, my daily vacation consists of simple walks, sitting on grassy knolls, swims in the ocean, grinding my single origin coffee beans and waiting seven minutes for them to come alive in the French press, having naps, chats with friends, writing, reading, putting on new music, lighting candles, cooking, and the best part, once you find your bliss and joy here, you've got it everywhere. No waiting for friends to answer calls, someone to swipe right, 
politicians to lift restrictions, someone to like you, a promotion, a new job, a faster car, more sex. And yes, you can still enjoy them. There are some great, cool, important things right there. Sex for one, nourishing, beautiful. And open communication and deep relationships are beautiful too. But the key is being content and present and present in whatever you are doing. Being in harmony with mind and body, thoughts and feelings. Otherwise, you'll always be somewhere else, wanting something else. You may be having great sex and thinking about what you're having for dinner after. That's an unhealthy, dangerous and pretty sad habit to cultivate. And I've come to realize more recently that aliveness doesn't start on the edge of a cliff or on some exciting adventure. And aliveness isn't always activity and action. And that's certainly a part of it, but it is just as much found in the silence, the nothingness, the discomfort and the boredom. The trick is actually being there for it, really there for it, no matter what it is. On that full spectrum, from utterly boring and uneventful to exciting and fully engaging, that's where you find life. Not just when things are exciting or when things are good. There is no aliveness, no adventure, no travel without presence. I think aliveness and adventure and exploration starts or could very well start in boredom, loneliness, fear, uncertainty and in our ability to not want to change it or have it be better or different. When we aim to change things without accepting it, one, we are never really there for it and it loses its, its intensity and we make the choice to never feel deeply. And feeling is a key component of exploration and aliveness and learning something about ourselves and learning something about the world. When we aim to change things to be better or more over and over, we shift our attention to seeking out all the things that are exciting and pleasant. Anything that isn't pleasant, we assign zero value to. Boredom, for example, becomes a time when we think of something or someone else, a time when we daydream of something better. And of course, we'll always have times of nothingness when nothing new or exciting ever happens. We will always have times by ourselves of little entertainment, like when we can't go traveling or go to the pub. And because we've assigned zero value to these events, we struggle to find any joy or peace in doing them. So we just miss out on life over and over. And this kind of existence, this I'll be happy when all action and entertainment type of life is an unhealthy habit to cultivate. We miss out on so many great opportunities for life. In shifting our attention to where the action is, we ironically lose our attention everywhere. And attention may just be the most undervalued commodity on the planet. For as long as I can remember, whenever I meet someone who seems to be living life well, I ask them what advice or lessons they would pass on. And a really inspired, vibrant 70-something man in San Diego simply said, pay attention. Pay attention. And each year that means more and more to me. What does that mean for you? Solitude and spending quality time with ourselves free from distractions is absolutely critical. If we can't spend time by ourselves and be content, we are limiting our chances of being truly happy and alive. We can only really know someone by spending a considerable amount of time with them, and this is super true for ourselves too. But when is the last time you spent a considerable amount of time by yourself without your friends? phone, email, laptop, or some other form of an entertainment. These entertainments have become covers, covers so we never actually have to feel how we feel. 
But in order to be truly happy, we need to throw away the distractions and explore what it is we feel. Grabbing our phones every time we have a moment of idleness or discomfort simply re-establishes our habits of doing and never gives us the chance to stop and establish a deeper relationship with ourselves. When we're always moving, we can't explore and examine what's really going on inside of us. In this sense, deep exploration starts the opposite of how we think it does. It isn't when we are moving, traveling, seeking and looking outward. It is when we stop and find stillness, solitude and idleness. To create an authentic life that is truly ours and not the type that is always dependent on external circumstances and conditions, we need to find these moments of quiet. Instead of running away, we need to embrace them, pay attention to them. It is these moments that we get the chance to really connect with ourselves and the times when we find the answers to all of our questions. We all need a technological detox. For the sake of our lives, we need to throw away our phones and computers instead of using them as our pseudo-defense system for anything that comes our way. We need to be bored and not have anything to shield the boredom away. We need to be lonely and see what it is we really feel when we are. If we continue to distract ourselves so we never have to face the realities in front of us, when the time comes again, and it will, and we are faced with something bigger than what our phone, food, and friends can fix, we will be in big trouble. Again. Exploration and travel doesn't always mean hopping on that aeroplane. For me, it simply means stopping. Stopping with our crazy addiction of always having to be doing something or for things to be certain and good. Von Goethe said, Plunge boldly into the thick of life and seize it where you will. It is always interesting. I love that. We see life as interesting. Not perfect, not always certain, not in always changing it to suit us, but interesting in whatever comes. Interesting in nothingness, interesting sitting in the sun on a grassy knoll. That is where you'll find me. Paying attention. Or at least trying to. <laughs> so let's put this into practice. Whatever you are doing, just come back to feeling the body. Come back to feeling your body. Too often our thinking takes us deep into the future and that can bring fear and worry into play. Reconnect with your bodies. Bring your attention there. Stop trying to get to the next place or tick off your next task. For a couple of minutes at least, that's all. Your own little vacation. Breathe. Feel. Don't miss a chance to refresh, refocus, replenish, and relax. Pay attention. Use feeling your body as a vehicle to be more curious, more clear, more engaged more alive. Use the feeling of your body to stop. Not the body moving, but your story that is further down the road. It is in this stopping that we cultivate wonder. Not that we will get more, but a wonder that we already have enough.
breathe to the adventure that you're on right now. Smile. Feel. Travel through your invisible world. Feeling. Enjoying. You can continue your vacation by booking in a tech-free zone. Simply spend one night this week without your phone, TV, laptop or technology. Just observe how you feel. When you have a moment of boredom, are you unconsciously reaching for your phone? If you're feeling a touch lonely, are you grabbing for the remote? This helps us to cultivate a strong relationship with ourselves and gives us the time and space to softly reconnect with ourselves. Pay attention, examine, explore. I'm Evan Sutter. Sub subscribe to Sutter Faction. Give it a rate and review and tell your friends. You can find out more at evansutter.com. Enjoy.